great, isn't it, to uh, work our way through the scriptures and to just think about uh, how the focus of the scriptures is the Lord? You know, the Bible's a pretty unique book, uh, written over about 1,500 years. It's about 40 different generations, written by 40 different people over that period of time. And uh, yet, there's just one story, and it's the story of God's redemption of man. It uh, really starts in Genesis with kind of paradise lost and ends up in Revelation with paradise regained because of what Jesus came and accomplished. It's a great uh, story. And uh, in the book of Revelation, um, the, the only book of the Bible that Jesus actually wrote, uh, the book of Revelation, and we've been studying the book of Revelation a little bit on Sunday mornings, Uh, Because it's about the end of the age. It's about the consummation of history. It's about what's going to happen in the future and kind of how human history will end. And scattered throughout that uh, particular book of the Bible, there are seven statements, all of which begin with the word blessed, which basically means happy, which means, uh, you know, soul satisfied, happy in the deepest sense of the word. And they're like seven gifts that God wants us to have that God's trying to give us all wrapped up in the person of Christ, the Christ of Christmas. And uh, we covered the first four, and tonight I'd like to just briefly uh, unpack for you a little bit um, the fifth one of these statements in the book of Revelation. It's in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6, and here's what it says. It says, blessed, happy, uh, soul satisfied, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him a thousand years. Blessed, happy, is the person who shares in the first resurrection. I want to suggest to you that this gift, the gift of resurrection, is unique to Christianity. There's no other religion in the world that people practice that has a savior or a leader who has come back from the dead. Resurrection is unique to Christianity. And uh, all through the Bible, the Bible is very clear to tell us that Jesus was the one who uh, died, and uh, even Jesus told us that he was going to die, and three days later, he was going to rise from the dead. And the Bible goes on to explain that he did that on our behalf, and that we too will rise with him uh, in that day when he returns. It's the gift of resurrection. Uh, And I think, you know, this is such a unique gift and so uh, spectacular that uh, sometimes I think we take it for granted. But death has been defeated. One of the reasons Jesus came into the world at Christmas time was to defeat uh, the reality of death. Uh, Death has been um, swallowed up, the Bible says, in victory. And I would tell you there's probably nothing more characteristic of man without Christ than hopelessness in the face of death. And there's nothing more characteristic of a Christian in the face of death than the reality of the hope of the resurrection. And there's a radical difference between those of us who embrace Christ and those of us who don't. Resurrection's a gift from God wrapped up in the person of Christ. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, great chapter on the resurrection, uh, verse 20 um, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep or who have died. For as by one man came death, 
by one man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, and then at his coming those who belong to Christ. And then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom up to God and so on and so forth. Uh, it's, it's because of Adam, way back in the Garden of Eden, that we all experience the reality of death, natural death. And it's because of Christ that we can all experience the reality of resurrection. Uh, but you noticed in our text in uh, Revelation chapter 20 that there are, there are two resurrections. Blessed, happy is the person who shares in the first resurrection. But there is also a second resurrection. It's a, the two resurrections are separated by a thousand years. Happy is the person who shares in the first resurrection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 goes on to explain in um, verse 42 and following, if you're following along. Uh, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable, the natural body is perishable, is going to be raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonor, but it'll be raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it'll be raised in power. It's sown a natural body, but it'll be raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that's first, but the natural. And then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. This fifth gift in the book of Revelation, in the midst of all of the judgment and all of the uh, horrible things that are going to happen when the uh, evil and wickedness is judged by God, the seven promises that sustain the people of God. And this uh, gift, the gift of resurrection. You know, in God's eyes, all of us are descendants of Adam and Eve. We all are natural people. We all are descendants of Adam and Eve. And uh, the gift that God is holding out to us is that we can become descendants of the living God. We can become, through faith in Christ, sons and daughters of the living God. We can have more than just natural life. We can have spiritual life, eternal life. That's the gift that Jesus came to give us, a life that goes on, a life uh, that starts with resurrection. And uh, this first resurrection is a wonderful gift. The second resurrection is a nightmare. Uh, the first resurrection is a resurrection to life. The second resurrection is a resurrection to judgment. The second resurrection, the Bible goes on to explain, is for all who said no to God's gift of Christ. The first resurrection is for those who say yes to God's gift of life. And there are a thousand years that separate these two resurrections. Blessed, happy, soul satisfied is the person who gets to share in the first uh, resurrection. It's called the millennium. And I would tell you that it's during that thousand year period of time that some of the best promises in the Bible come to fruition. It's some of the best promises that um, are made to us are reserved for that period of time. Uh, Satan, first of all, is bound. In chapter 20 of Revelation, 
Uh, John writes, he says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him that he might not deceive the nations any longer. A thousand year period without God's enemy the small g God of this world, as he's described, uh, locked up in a bottomless pit. Uh, the Bible goes on and says that at that period of time, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Chapter 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I, uh, another thing, um, the holy city, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride and adorned for her husband. Uh, a new Jerusalem, a heavenly city that hovers over Israel and is the place, the abode of the church during this thousand-year period of time, reigning with Christ over the world and so forth. Uh, not only that, but everything that we hate about life um, is reversed. Uh, verse uh, 4 and 5 here, um, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have all passed away. And uh, he who was uh, seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making everything new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy, and they are true. You can count on them. Blessed, happy are those who get to share in that first resurrection. Um, one time when Jesus was here in um, John chapter 5, he came across a guy who was an invalid for 38 years. And uh, Jesus approached him, and he asked him, he said, Would you like to get well? And the guy said, well, you know, I don't have anybody put me in the pool, and somebody else always gets in before me, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, Jesus says to the man, get up, take up your bed, and walk. So the guy jumps up, takes up his bed, and he walks. And um, some of the Jewish traditionalists see this thing, and they confront the guy, and uh, they tell him, look, it's not lawful for you to be carrying your bed on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? 38 years an invalid. And these nitpicking, you know, legalistic, traditionalist type Jews are in his face. And, and uh, so they demand to know, you know, who, who told you to pick up your bed? And he wasn't sure. And then he went and he found that it was Jesus. And he came back and told those guys it was Jesus. And so, they, so these Jewish traditionalists go after Jesus. And um, Jesus says to them in John chapter 5, verse um, 17 and 18, Jesus answered them and said, my father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. It's one of the clearest statements in the Bible about who Jesus is and what he's doing, and why he came to earth. He came here to do the, the father's will. And uh, the next verse says this, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own, uh, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, then that's what the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And uh, the Father judges nobody, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed 
from death into life. And then he goes on and he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Don't marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. There are two resurrections. Blessed, happy, thrilled, soul-satisfied are those who share in the first resurrection and uh, reign with Christ for these thousand years on the earth and then spend eternity uh, with him in heaven. But you notice what Jesus says here. He says, um, the first resurrection, uh, all people will be resurrected. There's life after this life. All people will be resurrected, but there are two resurrections. The first one, he said... um, is for those who have done good, a resurrection to life. And to those who have done evil, the second resurrection, a resurrection to judgment. To those who have done good, do you know what good is in the scriptures? Do you know that ultimately, um, only God can define what's good? If you think back to the very beginning in Genesis, God came to our parents our original parents, Adam and Eve, and he said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of what? Good and evil. God said, that's my department. I will tell you what's good. I will define what's good. And Adam and Eve, our parents, were tempted by the devil when they said, look, if you eat from that tree, you can be like God yourself. You can decide what's good for yourself. And they were tempted by the thought of displacing God and becoming their own God and deciding for themselves what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, what's good and what's evil. I'll tell you, the only definition of good comes from God. God is the one who created us, and he's the one who defines what's right and what's wrong. And and that's why it was such a grievous sin, and that's uh, why the whole uh, uh, history of mankind is marked by this Failure, it's this attempt to be our own God. Instead of listening to God, instead of humbling ourselves in his presence, we're going to define for ourselves what we think is right and wrong and what we think is good and bad. And we're going to judge everything else on the basis of that. And Jesus says, no, he says, um, the second resurrection is for those who have done evil and it's a resurrection to judgment. Blessed or happy in the book of Revelation. Thrilled, soul satisfied is the person uh, who gets to share in that first resurrection. Do you know what the ultimate um, um, good is, according to the Bible? It's to say yes to Jesus who came at Christmas time. You know what the ultimate evil is in the Bible? It's to say no to the gift of God in the person of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. If you were to ask the whole Bible, read it from beginning to end, and ask what's really good according to God, I'll tell you what's good. It's to say yes to this gift and all these gifts that are wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. The ultimate evil is to say no to God and to his gift of Jesus Christ. A couple verses later, um, some people came to Jesus and um, in chapter 6 and in verse uh, 28, uh, some people said to Jesus, 
What must we do to do the works of God? What do we have to do to do the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. What do you have to do to do the work of God? You have to say yes to the gift of God in Jesus Christ, in whom is wrapped up all of these other gifts. Blessed, happy, at the end of the age is that person who gets to share in the first resurrection when Jesus comes back. And I know we're out of time. We could go in other places to show this, but when Jesus comes back, that first resurrection will happen. First Thessalonians chapter 4. And uh, those who are in their graves will rise up, those who said yes to Christ. And, uh, and then those of us who are still alive at that time will join with them and will meet the Lord in the air and will forever be with the Lord a gift. It's the gift of resurrection. Resurrection is rising to life after our natural bodies die. It's one of the seven great gifts that God has chosen for us. And I tell you that pretty much the book of Revelation is saying, don't die without receiving these seven gifts from God. Don't die without saying yes to the person of Jesus Christ in whom all of these gifts are wrapped together. Let's pray together. Gracious God and Father, I love it that you're a gift-giving God. Tomorrow morning, probably many of us will be opening, giving gifts, and, and how, how much fun it is to just give gifts to the people that we love, that express our love for them. And you are our Father in heaven, and you are a gift-giving God. And Father, as we seek to understand these seven gifts scattered throughout the book of Revelation tonight, when we think about resurrection... When we think about the fact that there's only one faith in the whole world that has a resurrected leader, somebody who's defeated our enemy, death. We all inherit death because we're all descendants of Adam. But we get to choose, Father, not to, to, to not be limited to just our natural lives, but to be born again and to become alive spiritually and to anticipate this resurrection, uh, not to judgment, but to life, to eternal life in your presence and with you for all of eternity. It's a gift that you want to give us. May we all here tonight say yes. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful gift that you have chosen for us, that we might be with you for all of eternity. Thank you for the gift of resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.